Well, that powerful clip is from uh, the movie Son of God, and uh, I think it's a great way to just remind us of what we're celebrating today on Easter Sunday. Happy Easter, Valley family, and especially those of you that are joining us online uh, at our online campus. And uh, during our time together today, I want to focus our attention maybe in a little different way on Easter. It's always somewhat of a challenge for me. Uh, As a pastor, 27 years, how do you tell the story a different way, you know, the same story over and over again. I want to talk about the Easter answer, the Easter answer during our time together, because uh, as I've been studying, preparing, came across this kind of uh, uh, surprising uh, new discovery, I would say, during study, and that is that Jesus, through his death, through his burial and his resurrection, actually gave us a model on how to handle pain in life. I, I stumbled on a verse, and I was like, I, you know, I've read the Bible over several times, cover to cover, but sometimes you read a diff- passage, different time, a different uh, season in your life, and it just kind of jumps off the page at you. And that's where I want to start off, is that, that jumping off part uh, today. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, pretty shocking statement here. It says, God has called you to endure suffering because Christ suffered, talking about his passion, because Christ suffered for you. But watch this. This is what just really struck me. He's also left you an example so that you could follow in his footsteps. How many of you are like, yahoo, I'm glad I signed up for this. But, but Jesus, through his, his crucifixion, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, has actually left you and I a pattern to follow. Because the fact about the matter is, in our lives, over and over and over again, we're going to go through this cycle. But, but Jesus has been our example so that we can follow in his footsteps. And, and so during our time together, I want to talk about Good Friday. I want to talk about Saturday. And then, of course, Sunday as well. Because this is the pattern, I believe, the answer, the Easter answer that Jesus Christ has given to every one of us. On Friday, Friday is a day of pain and suffering and agony. Saturday is a day of loss and grief and confusion and misery. And then, of course, Sunday is a day of joy and celebration and victory. And the fact about the matter is you and I are going to have Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays all throughout our lives. We're going to have days that are full of suffering and agony and pain. And then there are going to be days that follow after that that are full of confusion and misery and loss. And we're just wondering, grief, what is going on? Just like the disciples that Saturday when everything was quiet and there's almost nothing in the Bible that that even references anything happening on Saturday. But then, thank God, there's going to be Sundays. Sundays are going to come, and that's a day of joy and celebration and victory. And so you and I are going to go through those three days over and over and over again. And I believe what we're going to be sharing this Easter Sunday is going to help each and every one of us. So you probably want to take notes. And on your Valley Christian Church app, you want to fill in the blanks there. Because here are the questions for each one of these three days. On Friday, what do I do in my days of pain? On Saturday, how do I get through my days of doubt? And on Sunday, how do I get to my days of joy? And I'm going to answer those three questions uh, from the scripture and looking at Jesus' death, 
his burial, and his resurrection. So first of all, on Friday. Friday is the day of pain, the day of pain. And we're all gonna face those. This world is a dangerous place. Uh, because of sin, it's not God's plan that this world is in the condition that it's in. It's man's fault that this world is in the conditions that it's in. Isn't it funny how God always gets blamed for tragedy and crisis? You know, that was an act of God. No, no, it, this world is the way it is because we messed it up. Because of humanity, not because of God at all. Because of that, we can expect, and I, and I know it's not necessarily what we want to hear, but it is the truth. We can expect some days of pain that are going to come into our lives. And Jesus suffered that pain on the cross on that Good Friday. He, he suffered physical pain. That's very obvious through the, the lashing that he took, the crown of thorns. His beard is pulled out. Just that in and of itself. You know, sometimes I'm shaving and, and one of these chin hairs just gets pulled. Like, ow! I can't imagine my entire beard being pulled out. Oh, and then a crown of thorns on top. Oh, oh, and then a, a whipping, a lashing. Oh, and then we're going to crucify you after you carry the wood in your raw back all the way up the street. Jesus suffered physical pain. He also suffered emotional pain as well. And sometimes that's the most painful uh, pain that we can ever experience. Not physical pain, but emotional pain uh, as well. And one thing I think oftentimes we don't consider is not just the physical pain, the emotional pain, but Jesus suffered spiritual pain when he cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, imagine that Jesus Christ, who was with God in the beginning, before creation, never knew a moment of separation from his heavenly father, except for that moment, that moment on the cross, that he suffered that emotional tearing away from our heavenly father for your sake and for my sake. Hebrews chapter four, verse 15 puts it this way. Jesus understands every weakness of ours, every one, because he was tempted in every way that we are, but he did not sin. And also in Hebrews chapter two, verse 18, it says, since Jesus went through suffering and temptation, he knows what it's like when we suffer and are tempted and he is able to help us. And so I'm thankful for the Fridays. I'm thankful for Good Friday. Because of Good Friday, Jesus is able to help me. Jesus is able to help you when we experience physical pain, when we experience emotional pain, and even sometimes when we experience spiritual pain and we feel like God's distant. He knows that the pattern, the pathway and Jesus has the power to get you and me through every day of pain that you and I will ever face. So here's the question. How do, uh, what do I do in my days of pain? What do I do in my days of pain? Well, two things, I think. First of all is this, reach out to friends. So important. So many times in, in my life, and I know maybe I'm just talking about me, not you at all, but when I'm, when I'm going through something difficult and painful, I have this tendency to isolate and withdraw myself from others. When in actuality, that actually makes the pain worse, not better. And Jesus knew this in Gethsemane when he knew what was facing him, uh, when it was his crucifixion and uh, all that he was going to suffer. But look at what in the Garden of Gethsemane, in Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. Jesus took his disciples with him to Gethsemane and said, stay here with me while I pray. He didn't even say, this is a good thing for uh, friends to learn. He didn't say, I need you to talk to me. He, he didn't say, I need an answer. He just said, 
be with me. Just, just be with me right now. What, what I'm going through right now is so difficult. I just need you to be with me. I, I am so thankful for a circle of Christian friends through the years that, 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 that I've been able to turn to in this church in our small group even now, we're going through difficult times. Just, just, just be with me. Jesus understood when you're going through emotional pain, physical pain, spiritual pain, reach out to friends. It goes on and it says, then he took Peter, James, and John a little further. How would you like to be Bartholomew? <laughs> he says to, and Thomas, you guys stay here. You three come with me. He did this all the time throughout the uh, Gospels, by the way. It, it's pretty wild. Peter, James, and John, you come with me. The rest of y'all, you stay behind. So it seems like he even had an inner circle in the circle of friends. And he was filled with anguish and deep distress. It goes on and it says, And he said to them, My heart is so overwhelmed and crushed with sorrow that I feel like I'm dying. Just sit here and watch with me. Just, just be with me. I, I, I know it's not good for me to be alone right now. I can't be alone. I shouldn't be alone. Just be with me right now. And the scripture goes on and says, then Jesus took a few more steps and he fell to the ground and he prayed. Even Jesus needed friends with him when he was in pain. So what do I do in days of pain? I reach out to friends. Second thing that I do is I need to reach out to God. Reach out to God. In Mark chapter 14, verse 35, it says, Jesus fell, on his, uh, fell face down on the ground and prayed that if it's possible that he would not have to suffer the pain ahead of him. And, and this is so shocking when we think about it. Jesus said, God, Heavenly Father, I don't want to die on the cross. It was the, our Heavenly Father's plan because he loved us so much. Jesus said, get me out of here. I don't want to do this. So many times people think of Jesus like, you know, as God, but, but he's like the good one and our heavenly father's the bad one. The gospel contradicts that. It was God the father's idea. For God so loved the world, he gave his son. Jesus is saying, let this, let this pass from me. If it's all possible, he would not have to suffer the pain ahead of him. Bible goes on and says, and he prayed, Abba, Father. Abba is, is an Aramaic word. The New Testament is written in Greek. But this is one of the, the words that wasn't translated from, from Aramaic or, or from Greek, Abba, which really means it, it's the Aramaic for Dada. That's why they put Father after it. Chances are Jesus didn't say Father. He says, said Dada. Just like a little one-year-old, two-year-old. Dada. So close, so, so familiar, so strong was their relationship, their bond. He says, Abba, Father, I know you can do all things, and I don't want, you to, I don't want to have to drink this cup of suffering. Never, nevertheless, I want your will, not mine, to be done. Here, here, real, real quickly now, in Gethsemane, it actually gives us a pattern for prayer when we face difficult times. What did Jesus pray? First of all, I know you can do anything, God. I know you can do anything. Second thing is this, I don't want this pain. I know you can do anything. I don't want this situation that I'm facing right now. And then the third thing that he prayed was this, but I want your will more than mine. But I want your will more than mine. Beautiful picture of prayer right here. 
as Jesus is facing the pain of Friday and he reaches out to his friends and then he reaches out to God himself. Then comes Saturday. Saturday is a day of confusion. A day of confusion. The disciples, they're all gone. They're wondering what happened. I thought he was God. I thought he was God, now he's dead. I thought he was the answer. What's going to happen to us? If they can do that to Jesus, what's going to happen to us? And they're scared. And they're huddled together. And they're completely confused. God, are you even real? Have you forgotten about us? It's a day of confusion. In fact, the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 26, verse 56, when Jesus was crucified, it said, at that point all the disciples abandoned Jesus and ran away. They all left him. Have you ever deserted God in the middle of your pain? Have you ever left? Have you ever let your pain move you away from God instead of towards God? See, that's what God wants. In the middle of our pain and our confusion, that we would take a step closer to him. Not a step away. So many times when we're in pain and confusion, it's easy to doubt God. But, but you know, the, uh, the reality is I don't think that, that the disciples doubted God. I think they did doubt his wisdom. <laughs> I'll give you an example of that. In, in our own life, uh, my wife and I have, have three daughters. And uh, I don't think they've ever doubted if, if I was their father or not. <laughs> they can look at and see the family resemblance that I'm their dad. No doubt about that. I think there are times they never doubted, are you my dad? They have doubted, do you know what you're doing? <laughs> they know whose they are, but sometimes they're wondering, is dad off his rocker? <laughs> How wise is dad? And so I, I think sometimes it's important for us to think about what is it that we're doubting? Not that he exists. Not that we belong to him. Sometimes we doubt, what are you doing? Do you really know? Do you really care? How do we get through the days of confusion? What, what, what can we do when we face these days of confusion like on Saturday? Well, first of all, remember the promises of God. It's so important. To remember the promises of God. I've heard it put this way before. Never doubt in the dark what God has shown you in the light. Never doubt in the dark what God has shown you in the light. Did you know that in the Bible, there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible? 7,000 promises. The problem is, most of us don't know them. And so, we, you know how we know that we don't know them? <laughs> because we worry. Worry is a sign we don't know God's promises. We don't really trust him. And so that's why it's so important that, that as a follower of Christ, that the Bible is a central thing in my life and in your life as well, that we learn the promises of God. Because let me give you an example. 7,000 promises. To me, it's kind of like insurance coverage. You know, our daughter uh, tore her ACL a number of years ago uh, and uh, has had really complications since then. And I remember uh, when she tore her ACL, we're like, oh no, we have to have surgery. And, and what's the first thing? You start worrying as a parent until you go to your insurance policy and see, is this covered? 
Is this covered? We wanted to take her to a specialist down in New York City, one of the top uh, orthopedic surgeons. And, and so we went and, and we said, is this covered? We looked at our policy, and as soon as we found out it was covered, there's no need to worry anymore. Same thing with the promises of God. When we face something in our life, as soon as we realize it's covered, God's given me a promise, we don't have to worry about it anymore. Because God said, I'm going to take care of you. And so that's why it's so important that God's word is central to us and that we don't worry. The promises of God are just like that life insurance coverage. Once you know you're covered, you don't worry anymore. Look at what 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 puts it this way. For all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus Christ. He, he's the, can I put it this way? Uh, he, he's the, the deal maker. It's through Jesus' perfect life and his sacrificial death and his resurrection from the grave that we know the promises that God made he's going to keep. When Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, anyone who believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live, we can take that to the bank. Why? Because he rose again. He made good on the promises of God. Remember God's promises. Here's just one promise right now I just want to share with you that has meant a lot to me throughout my life. It's found in Isaiah chapter 42, and maybe this will encourage someone and really help someone today. Isaiah 42, verses 2 and 3. Listen to these promises of God. When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I'll be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burnt up. The flames will not consume you. He goes on and he promises, for I am the Lord your God and Savior. All of those promises, as we just looked at, are yes through Jesus Christ. Every one of them. So how do you get through a day of confusion? Saturday, you remember the promises of God. And then that brings us to Sunday. Sunday is a day of joy. Sunday is a day of celebration. I love that clip that we just saw. As you see the, the pain of Friday, the confusion of Saturday, turn to the joy of Sunday. Even Thomas was like, I just can't do this. I just, I just don't believe. And then Jesus touches him and what a powerful moment that is when you see the hole in his hand. The day of joy. How do, how do I get to the days of joy? Because, man, this is where I'd really like to live all the time. You know, I, I would really prefer if there was no Friday, there was no Saturday, but I know life. I, I know this world, how it goes. How do we get to the days of joy? I think there's really one way that we get to those days of joy. We can't do it on our own. We have to rely on the power of Jesus. Rely on the power of Jesus. He's the one who conquered sin. He's the one who conquered death. He's the one that conquered the grave. He's the one that conquered pain and confusion. How do we get through? By relying on his power, the power of Jesus. Again, I just mentioned it, John chapter 11, Jesus makes this uh, promise, really. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. He didn't say, uh, there is a resurrection. He goes, it's found in me. I'm the one who does it. 
I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even though they die, will live again. I will give them eternal life for believing in me, and they will never perish. See, here's the Easter answer. The Easter answer is not a principle. It's person. You don't need religion. You don't need a ritual. You don't need rules or regulations. What every one of us needs is a relationship with the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. He's the one that makes all the difference. He is the resurrection. He doesn't say, I kind of do resurrections. That's kind of a, a little thing that I do. He says, it's me. It's found in me. I am the resurrection and the life. And so I want to ask you today, do you know Jesus? Are you experiencing that resurrection power in your life? Because that's what we celebrate, that, that God did for you and for me what we could never do for ourselves by sending his son to live a perfect life. And yet he laid that life down because he loved you so much and he loves me so much that he paid the price for my personal sins and your personal sins as well. And so I'm not relying on Greg Williamson ever being good enough. I'll never be good enough to earn God's forgiveness. That only happens through Jesus Christ when I receive him as my Savior and Lord. And so maybe on Easter, you're, you know, you came and you just kind of checked in us out and, and, and what is this whole Christian faith about? It seems like maybe I should come on Easter and, and see. And you saw some folks really excited and happy and, and smiling and hands raised and all that stuff. And you're like, what in the world? We're not nuts. We're glad you came. Thank you for being our guests. But understand what we celebrate. We don't celebrate that we're awesome. We celebrate that Jesus is awesome. And we want to magnify him and we want to look to him on Fridays in our lives, days of pain. On Saturdays when we face days of confusion. And knowing that Sunday is a day of joy. All because of Jesus Christ. And so I want to share with you a, what I call a life-giving prayer. A life-giving prayer is found in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. And it says, a life-changing prayer. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, the resurrection is everything. The resurrection is everything. And, and, and if we believe that, that Jesus Christ is Lord and we ask him to be the Lord of our life, why? because he kept his promise. He told the disciples he was going to go to Jerusalem. He was going to be handed over to men, and they were going to crucify him, but he was going to rise again, and he did exactly that. And so if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. And so right now, I just want to pray. I want to pray and give an opportunity to anyone and everyone here today that has never taken that step of just receiving Jesus Christ as their Lord. 
and as their Savior to do that today. Because that's when the power becomes available to us. Not just the, the power to forgive us of our sins, but the power when we face pain. It comes from Jesus. The power when we're confused on those Saturdays. It comes from Jesus. The power of joy that is unspeakable, that, that doesn't even make sense. It comes from Jesus. So I'm going to ask right now, would you bow your heads with me and let's pray. And right now, with, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if you've never prayed and just received Jesus Christ, open your heart and your life up to him, I want to lead you in this simple prayer. And I just ask, just follow after me. And, and as you pray, just with your heart open, with faith in your heart, believing that just as Jesus said he was going to die but rise again, that, that you can take this to the bank. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So just repeat after me, dear Jesus, I want to thank you for what you did. I accept your promise of forgiveness and eternal life because you are the only one who paid for my sins. You deserve to be the Lord of my life. I need your power, the power of the resurrection in my life on a daily basis. I wanna to get to know you and learn how to rely on your power so I can live the better life, the life I was meant to live. Please come into my life and change me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Valley Christian Church located in Hopewell Junction, New York. Please visit us online at valleychristianchurch.net for more information. Thank you.